Well, you don't have to sit up. You could also just tilt your camera down a little bit. And we're live. Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have a fantastic show for you today. I'm super excited because I get to take possession of my new house today. So I was thinking maybe I would show Luke some pictures and maybe you guys could look at them too. You can... Do you, do you guys want to watch while we look at things I've together? Already... I've already seen the pictures. Well, I was going to pretend you hadn't. So I have not seen the pictures. Wait. This will be a first time reaction. Wait All reactions will be genuine. Way to spoil it for everyone. <laughs> In other news, Microsoft has elaborated on the Windows 11 CPU requirements and is defending the requirement for a trusted platform module. So we're going to be talking about that. What else we got, Luke? There's a uh, Sony charging developers uh, $25,000 to show up on the PlayStation Store. That's that's cool and also fun. And in other cool and also fun console news, there will be TV style, or I would I would probably say mobile style ads oh. coming to console and PC gaming. <sighs> so cool! <laughs> I'm so happy with this. Yay! All right. Oh. Um, yeah. Let's roll the intro. That actually sounds like the worst. Cool. Good day in the YouTube comments says, uh, sell the house and get Bitcoins. Sounds like a good strat. Yeah, that sounds like a, a helpful suggestion. The show is brought to you by Redux. Honey and Ridgewalling. All right, let's jump right into our first topic of the day. Microsoft has elaborated on their Windows 11 CPU requirements and defended the TPM requirements as well. So after the reveal, like Luke, were you a little surprised to find out that 8th Gen Core and 2nd Gen Ryzen were listed as the minimum supported CPUs? Very. Extremely, I would actually say. Yeah. yeah. And this isn't one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, oh, I definitely have not seen those pictures before. Like, this is honest, honest surprise, right? <laughs> yes. All yeah. right. Because now, Especially I, because my world sometimes... is shattered. My world is shaken, Luke. I don't know what I can trust and what I can't because... You know, I, I thought you were a truthful, a truthful kind of character. And now I found out you've seen all these all pictures devious. already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's also stuff like, was it, was it, I think, Vista, where they had this like pretty high system requirement and then like no one listened to it and then everyone hated Vista. Um, so like, but it, but it worked on those systems, even though it was just a bad experience. Like yes. it, it doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case. Like it, no so we'll get we'll get into this now the crazy thing about it though is that some older cpus because you got to remember there's two different uh important dates for a cpu there's the date that it actually was initially available commercially that's date number one and then date number two is the date that it went eol that it effectively stopped being sold and right. here's the problem some of those cpus that are that are older cpus were still being sold brand new less than two years ago, like the Ryzen 5 1600 AF. Now, Microsoft has since announced that they are testing Zen 1 and KB Lake CPUs via the Insider program. However, installing the Insider Windows 11 build with an unsupported CPU will show a message that says the final version may not be available for you upon release, which is 
a pretty big downer. With that said, our internal testing has Windows 11 running on much older CPUs. So there's probably more to the story here than compatibility or performance. We actually got it running on a Core 2 Duo and we just shot a video on how we did that. And it seemed to run completely fine. Like Core 2 Duo, yeah. what's that, 2007? That's pretty old. Let me see. Core 2 Duo release date. Like, what's the E? When did the E? 2006. 2006. 2006. That was, oh, wow, I'm old. It was 15 years ago. 15 years. Holy shnikes. Anyway, the other big requirement that has caused issues for people is the TPM, or Trusted Platform Module. Microsoft's PC Health Check app proclaimed that many modern PCs were incompatible due to a lack of TPM. Um, the <laughs> frustrating thing about that is that its only recommendation to rectify the problem was to buy a new PC. The PC Health Check app has since been pulled, and that's uh, a good thing because the last thing you want to do after a period of prolonged hardship around the world is say, hey, you know what? Things not working out for you so great. PC's a little old. You know what? Go buy a new one. But just you don't buy a new one. You don't just what are you have a bunch about? of money to just go buy a new one. Why don't you have money to buy a new one, you slob? Like that that's the yeah. that's the way a lot of people felt about it and that's justifiable because if you have a perfectly good computer, why should you suddenly just have to throw it away and buy a new one because you don't have some little validation module thing? Uh, and of course, just because <laughs> your computer might have the option to add a TPM doesn't necessarily mean that it will be easy to do it. Scalpers immediately bought out stock of TPMs and put them up on sites like eBay for many, many times the price. The good news is that most platforms since 2015 have a TPM integrated into the firmware. It's just disabled by default on DIY motherboards. So all of this confusion has led manufacturers like MSI and Gigabyte to make press releases with supported lists of motherboards that can use TPM 2.0. Although, here's a problem. Um, many ITX boards actually don't have the, uh, the, the, uh, the pins for the module, which is a little frustrating because, especially with high-performance ones, they're always looking for new ways to save space. However, most non-ITX boards since 2013 have TPM headers, and ever since Skylake and first-gen Ryzen, virtually all have firmware TPMs. With that said, not all discrete TPM headers are the same. Asus and Gigabyte each have three different types of them, all of which are incompatible with each other. So you can't just go on eBay, order a TPM module, and plonk it onto your system. You have to make sure that it is compatible, not just with your motherboard vendor, but also with the specific model of motherboard you have. Now, Luke, how do you feel about the requirement of a TPM? It feels a little weird to me, personally, not gonna lie. Um... I mean, <sighs> we can talk about what it's for. I mean, one of the things that TPM is great for is something like BitLocker uh, full driving encryption because the TPM is, it's a pretty simple device, actually. It's a little cryptographic device that will generate, it's kind of like it's got a random number generator built into it, and then it stores the private key 
for the encryption so that that can't be um, it can't be stolen effectively. It's a little kind of you could think of it as kind of like Apple's T2 chip, but way way less sophisticated. So it facilitates hardware level encryption effectively. Um, it, it feels like it feels like to me that this should have been a a like warning campaign type of thing where like Microsoft tries to plot because these things they they theoretically do help. So I feel like Microsoft should have been like, hey, you know, while you're installing Windows 11, we highly freaking suggest that you like turn this thing on or that you do this other thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, or maybe they even block you and say your computer is not ready. And then they do that thing where there's like the text based link in the corner. That's like, I don't care. And then you can bypass it. Something like that, that allows people to acknowledge that um, Microsoft thinks they should have this thing, but they can just install it anyways. Well, uh, it feels weird that it's a requirement. For OEMs, it's been a requirement for a long time now. Like, I think a TPM, uh, some kind of TPM uh, implementation has been required for at least four or five years now. So sure. it's been available to consumers since, uh, when did when was BitLocker added? Was that with Vista or 7? But I mean, we've talked about this on WAN Show before. There's, there's Skylake systems... Um, Skylake, am I referencing the right thing? Hold on one sec. Bitlocker 2007. Yeah. yeah, what's that? Yeah, there's there's Skylake systems that people are still using and still like gaming on and having a, a, a good old dandy time. And they probably don't have the hardware for this, even if that's like a pre-built from an OEM. Um, yeah. No, that's that's true. That's and true. They might want to run Windows 11 and they, in my opinion, should just be able to bypass it. And again, maybe they could do that like advanced user thing where the the like way to bypass it is like hidden in some corner that you're probably not going to look at unless yeah. you know to look there or whatever. But I think there should I personally believe there should be some way to be like, yeah, whatever, dude, I don't, my computer's from <laughs> 2014 or something i understand or, or beyond like i understand there might be some security problems with the fact that my system's super ancient but so I don't here's care. what i think i think that this is the warning because windows 11 by and large has benefits over windows 10 but a lot of the under the hood ones okay. seem to be yeah. focused on newer hardware right like optimizing for big little architecture cpus for example Obviously, if touch you are going to benefit, yeah, yeah, touch devices. Obviously, if you're going to benefit from some of those newer under the hood improvements, you're going to meet the requirements for TPM 2.0 and everything's going to be hunky dory. And then if you have older hardware, I think what Microsoft is effectively saying is no problem. Run Windows 10 then. So that gives you, I yeah. think the I think the uh, end of support date is 2025 for Windows 10, which actually does buy you another four years to upgrade. So in another four years, will a Skylake system be starting to get a little long in the tooth? I think that's probably fair to say. But I mean, I, I think it sort of already is, but yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, you could definitely play very triple a games on skylake yeah. today 100 yeah. yeah. i mean even going going back to haswell ivy bridge you could still be playing very 
very high-end games as long as you've got a GPU that is good enough. And you do a little bit of overclocking and all of a sudden you're laughing. But there are other issues with running older hardware. They have more uh, vulnerabilities that are never going to be patched. And I think that expecting people to upgrade about every you know, 10 years or so is not entirely unreasonable, especially if you consider that like today, because there was that long period of stagnation where we just didn't see the same kind of performance improvements that we that we used to, uh, you know, today we kind of take for granted that a 10 year, 10 year old computer, it, it should be fine. Right. But can you imagine yeah. in 2005, thinking that it's okay to run a computer that was built in 1995. Yeah, not even remotely. Get real. Like 2005 was the, I think the Athlon 64 was out. Uh, let me have a look here. There's one of, one yes. of the wack things too, is like we're talking about Skylake and I think that's a very legitimate conversation, but to bring it back even further, like I know yeah. people playing modern games on Sandy Bridge processors. Yeah. Um, like it's it's 100 percent, 100 percent. i don't know but like it's it's and it, it ties into that stagnation thing you're talking about etc yeah. but like there, there's people running these old computers and are they're just still not having any problems and like no matter what the like the hardware community is like oh yeah these new cpus are yeah well the vast majority of people aren't going to use that performance yeah maybe you will and that's fantastic and yep. it's really exciting and that's that's cool but so, I can totally understand why someone who just uses a web browser isn't going to care about upgrading their computer. So I think what's happening here is we are getting the warning shot. My Windows 10 is going to keep getting support till 2025, which means that you'll realistically be able to keep using it for a little while after that if you want to. It won't be until yeah. after 2025 that the install base will really start to dwindle and you'll start to see game developers not supporting the OS or you'll start to see... Companies like NVIDIA or AMD pull driver support. So realistically, you could still be running your machine from 2015 by, until 2025, 2026, 2027, if you want to push it and you're willing to, to roll that die in terms of security updates. And, you know, in the context of going from, okay, Windows 95, right? You would have been running a Pentium 2 if you were state-of-the-art. Okay, yeah, you were running yeah. 266 megahertz back in 1995. In May of 2005, you were running an Athlon 64X2 if you were if you were state of the art. Okay, so yes, um, the hardware hasn't moved forward in that way over the yeah, last no, 10 years. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that computing hasn't changed that much in 10 years, and that we don't need to do something about standardizing the platform that people are running on in some meaningful way. And Microsoft's justification for this ultimately does kind of make sense to me, even if I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, in a nutshell, they say, look, this comes down to security. Um, Microsoft claims that PCs using a TPM and Secure Boot reported 60% less malware thanks to virtualization-based security. And if Microsoft wants to a stay lot of attacks are in that vector these days. Exactly. If Microsoft wants to stay competitive with Apple and Google, so Google doesn't even have 10-year-old hardware to deal with on Chrome OS, and then Apple just gets to deprecate things whenever it pleases them because they're so vertically integrated and their customers will just accept it. Um, if Microsoft wants to do 
something to move Windows security forward, like as a platform, as something that they can really uh, message about. I actually think that this could be a big part of the reason that Windows 11 exists at all. So yeah. I don't see them backing down from this. And I, it's Windows. There's going to be hacky ways to do it, probably. But yes. I don't think that Microsoft is going to endorse them in any way. And the industry is going to be expected to adapt because we have, you know, four to six years to kind of figure it out. And at some point, Windows has to get more secure. And if this is a way they've identified to do it, then Windows 11 is this clear line in the sand that Microsoft is drawing that goes, okay, Windows 10, you know what? It wasn't as good. And this is why. And you can keep using it for a while. But guys, you will have to upgrade even if you don't have to do it today. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Most of the most of the improvements, like you were mentioning, are kind of uh, quality of life stuff. Yep, uh, absolutely. So. You don't have to move on from Windows 10. Actually, okay, yep. one thing we don't know is whether uh, this is a really critical feature that I'm excited for, direct storage. So the GPU's ability to access your storage directly. Um, but then now that I think about it, actually, no one's going to be running PCI Express nope. Gen 4 and nope. not have TPM 2.0. Yep. So the whole thing, the whole, it's all, wait, where's that cronk? I need that cronk GIF. It's all coming together. <laughs> it all makes sense now. If the, if the benefits of Windows 11 are performance benefits, but that are applicable mainly to very modern systems, then it makes perfect sense to just kind of say, okay, well then modern systems are gonna run Windows 11 and not modern systems are gonna run Windows 10. Uh, and no one should really be that upset about it because you can just run Windows 10 and you'll have a just fine experience like you have. There are some other problems. Uh, Totagigi says, yeah, TPM is a repair nightmare. That is super true. Having, having like encryption keys tied to the CPU in the motherboard socket is going to be a real nightmare for people who don't practice good data storage best practices. Uh, because if you just run your machine, da, 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 you store all of your data right on your boot drive and you have some kind of problem, you take it into a shop, they have to swap out some hardware, you could be in for an extremely bad time. There could just be no way to access your data unless you stored your backup key somewhere that you can actually get at it. Um, could be bad, you know, you have a water cooling leak, right? So you, you lose a CPU and motherboard at the same time. Could be very problematic. I mean, I've been advocating for a long time for people to just not store any data on their computers. But the reality of it is, is I remember back when I didn't have the kind of money to just have an extra computer to keep all my hard drives in. That wasn't, a, that was, that was just not possible even though you can build a decent nas for a couple hundred dollars i mean you want to talk about dollars is not is not necessarily accessible to exactly a pretty huge range of people exactly yeah. i mean that is one benefit though of the uh, of the kind of the stagnation that took place for so long is lots of people have upgraded their computers to get better performance but the hardware that is now orphaned is very, very usable. And as long as you don't mind dealing with the extra power consumption, it is amazingly affordable to build yourself a cheap NAS. Like, think about it. You don't even need a GPU. 
you don't even need anything that's in shortage because Intel's been building in onboard graphics for over 10 years now. That's fantastic. You just get an old cheap board CPU, throw some crap RAM from eBay in it, and you're off to the races. Especially if it's idling all the time, it is way less problematic in terms of power consumption yeah. compared to if you are actually doing something heavy, like you're using it for uh, Plex transcoding or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I, I wonder, probably not much, but I do wonder uh, what this might do for uh, Linux advocacy, because a lot of this old hardware, like we've been talking, is still legit, especially if what you're doing is not heavy. If yeah. you're not gaming, if you're not video editing, if you're not uh, doing heavy things like that, there's a wide range of them, modeling, etc. Um, if you're doing word processing, if you're browsing yeah. the web, if you're, if you're, yeah, there, there's a, there's, there's a lot of things you can do on your computer that isn't necessarily what a lot of this audience is doing. Um, and once windows 10, uh, stops being supported, it's those types of tasks are actually very easy for the average user to pick up on non-complicated Linux distros. This is um, interesting. Gabriel Garcia has a super chat in here. One benefit of the min spec uh, being Coffee Lake slash Ryzen 2 is that Win 11 apps can target extensions like AVX2 directly. Yep, that is a huge benefit. All of a sudden, having this kind of clear line in the sand for what developers can expect from a system that's running an OS makes it a lot cleaner to optimize your apps. Yep. That is... You're probably going to see more, and we saw this kind of stuff, and it annoyed the hell out of me with with companies like Elgato, despite them making tons of fantastic and amazing things. Um, their their Stream Deck was only supported on Windows 10 for like a super long time, when, when Windows 8 and Windows 7 were still very viable operating systems. I think you'll see significantly more of that with Windows 11, if if that's the case. Um, but yeah, I think I think the low end system game more than ever, even though it's already a bit of a thing, I think the low-end system game might look a lot more uh, Linux-y for the next while. Someone in Floatplane chat said, Linux will run on a potato. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's my point, kind of. Yep, um, exactly. Because a lot of these older systems, it, it could be a very fantastic answer for it. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if anything does kind of shift more than it already has in that realm. The real tech guy says, okay, but like as someone who works in a computer repair shop, from a customer's perspective, why should I have to have a NAS? That's, that's, a, that's such a great question. So when someone comes into the shop and they go, why should I have to have a NAS? The answer is, you shouldn't. But then if you want the simpler, the simple, easy magic bullet, then what you need to do is you just need to pay for your OneDrive or your Google Drive subscription, and you need to practice good data management, and you need to make sure that everything is backed up there. That's the answer. So are they trying to sell OneDrive subs? The, what? No, 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 no. I just mean that. No, 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 no. no I'm, I'm not saying sorry. you. I'm saying oh. are they? No, no. I'm. That's my answer. That's my answer. If you don't want to worry about. Oh, oh, oh. I see what you mean. So that that is the answer, though. So if you have heavy data requirements, the answer is you need to make sure that everything is on a NAS and all your machines are doing regular nightly backups. And if you don't have heavy data requirements, the answer is cloud storage has gotten so affordable. I mean, uh, uh, the, the the sponsor that we work with all the time, the 45 Drives builds their builds their storage box, Backblaze. Oh, uh, Backblaze. Yeah. yeah, Backblaze. 
it's super affordable to back things up to the cloud these days. There's just no excuse anymore. So from a tech shop's perspective, the answer is educating your customers about what their options are to ensure that they're not going to lose their data. It's it's and if they if they so don't sad. think it's important because I used to I used to work in a tech shop and lots of people would be like oh, I don't need data backup I don't care about my stuff blah, blah, blah. Uh, I always bring up the the wedding and baby pictures argument because um, then they're like oh wait I can't lose those well, and I'm like yeah where are you that. storing them yeah it's like okay well <laughs> maybe you should consider something like what if you if you don't want to put that stuff in the cloud there's some things you might not want in the cloud no matter what you can do local storage with the the three things where you have like on on the device on a similar device yeah. that might be in the same area and then on a on a hopefully different type of device in an area that is very far away you can do that thing um, if you can afford it and if you can maintain it or you can just go with the cloud whatever but you should have more than one copy of your data yeah absolutely i you know what was a what was the eureka moment for me when i when i learned yeah. that my data needed to be backed rated and backed up when i learned how a um <laughs> when i learned how a hard drive works <laughs> that was the moment for me because it seems wild right <laughs> it's nuts okay yeah. like if you've ever actually seen the read and write head right if you've seen it move back and forth over the spinning disc, okay? At 7,200 RPM, I remember, I remember someone from Western Digital explaining this to me once. They're like, yeah, at the outer edge of the spinning disc, um, you know, keeping that head stable, it's a, real, it's a real engineering challenge because effectively it's ripping around in hurricane force winds. And I'm like, what? We, we, hold on a yeah. second. My precious memories are on this thing. Excuse me. I need to go for a minute. And I... <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And the fact that they like basically never fail unless you drop them is is pretty nuts as well. Like, oh, I don't know. Obviously they do, but like I have hard drives that have been running for a decade, basically. It's like, unbelievable. It's, it's nuts. Um, but but yeah, back up your data, even if you think you don't care now. Um, to maybe some of the younger audience, They're... I would say. There's stupid stuff. I had this amazing wallpaper once. It yeah, was like a really sure. great ultra wide wallpaper. It had like a, it had like a horse and cart or something, and it was like labeled with like console stuff. And then there was some faster thing, and it was PC or something. It was this really cool cartoon I think style. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I had it on my desktop at uh, at the old office, the old Langley house. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I just like, I've tried to find it again and I can't find it. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I wish I had, I wish I'd put it somewhere because having everything instantly available at your fingertips has been great in a lot of ways, right? Like everything's a quick Google search away, except for things that are gone because the internet has gotten so big and so broad that it's so easy now for things to disappear forever. There's this great flash game I used to play called Pearl Harbor, where you're this, you're this plane and you go back and forth, back and forth. Every time you get to the end of the scene, it just kind of turns around and you're fighting something. I don't, I don't remember exactly how it played anymore because one day it disappeared and you can't play it anymore. It's just, that experience is completely yeah. gone. There's that whole saying like the internet remembers, and it's like yeah, sort of. Unless it doesn't. Yeah. And, and in, in, in a lot of cases it does, but in a lot of cases due to the sheer size of the internet, yeah. uh, it doesn't. 
it's just site too much sites data. will go down and all your stuff's just gone um so back it up i know a lot of the kids watching uh aren't going to take this to heart because i i sure didn't but the memories that you have and like the photos and stuff that you have now um back them up you'll care later i have, you might not care now you'll care later i have lost uh, a big chunk of photos once it was really yeah. hard it was really rough yeah. yep uh, yeah, people in floatplane chat are talking about their are talking about their bad experiences losing data. Um, Neo Cortez says, "Then your house burns down, is burgled or flooded." So there are solutions to these things. Um, I have a fireproof yeah. NAS at my house that I actually use for extremely important things. Uh, I can't fit everything on it because it's just a two hard drive NAS, so it's just two drives in RAID one. But you should absolutely have. Uh, some kind of contingency. Also, conveniently, I have a super fast internet connection both at home and at the office, and I have keys to the server room, so I can put things at the office if I really want to. Ha 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 ha. But uh, off off continent or off like general geographic area is also a very good idea. Like if if you if you're planning on backing up data and it's not in the cloud, it's that that three stages thing at a minimum is very important. I and think... RAID doesn't count. It, it it should be rated, but RAID does not count. I, I am surprised that there isn't um, kind of like an open source, super easy to use, community-based, like, hey, uh, you know, I'll show you my data if you show me yours kind of backup app. I've been pushing the Unraid guys to build this forever, like uh, Unraid Friends or something like that, where what I want is fairly straightforward, just built right into the OS, I can friend someone effectively, and we can allocate uh, a sh we can we can cross allocate a shared uh, storage space to each other, and then it will effectively just take whatever I want to put in my in my offsite important folder, or I'll flag certain folders as as key folders. It'll synchronize them to my friend server and store an encrypted copy locally on their server. And then I can effectively take some of my storage and give them the same thing. Now you can set up stuff like this. You can do it manually, but I think it's the kind of thing I've told them for years now. I think it's the kind of thing that could really set their software apart. You can do it. I, What's that? I, I would get evangelical about that. I, I <clears throat> and I know obviously, yeah, you can do this yourself yep. and quite a few people do, but some of the the you got to consider like if if you are the tech person in this like manual setup you now have to maintain this for as many people as you you enter into that agreement exactly um, and i would love like to have this i would i would love to just like basically sell little boxes um that i'm obviously not making money on but sell little boxes to like my whole family and just be like okay we're creating a friend storage pool on unraid it works update it every once in a while see you later um yep. Like that would be that would be great. Right? That'd be amazing. I I'd, I'd I'd go nuts with that. But I'd try to get basically everyone I knew because like, it's it it really sucks being the tech person for your group of people, and then having someone be like, oh, I my laptop got wet or something. I lost all my wedding photos, and it's like, yeah, I told you to do backups for that, and you didn't because I guess it was complicated or whatever. And it would be great if like. There was just some, yeah, I don't know. I would like that. That'd yeah, because be cool. I'd be unraid homies with you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
and like yeah. i would like in a minute yeah i would just throw like a giant unraid box at the office and everyone could just have their encrypted data on there i've got some yeah. people saying like hey you know what about if someone got busted with illegal content sure but it's it's encrypted so whatever illegal content they have, you gotta you gotta imagine. Think of it kind of like if um, you know someone put child pornography in their Dropbox. Dropbox is not in possession of the child pornography. That is encrypted data that they can't even read. Um, ultimately, whoever put it there is the one who would be in trouble in that case. So there there should be no reason from like a a personal a criminal liability standpoint that it would matter. I would also think though that. You'd want, you'd want your unraid homies to be people you you know and mostly trust anyway. But friend friend raid coming soon to LTT store says Jamer Jamer person, yeah exactly. Since Synology has that feature, <clears throat> the last time that I tried to mess with it, it wasn't exactly what Linus is saying. It um, can be done. It's kludgy, and Synology yeah. NASs are well, they're Synology. They're, it's not cross platform. So what I want is a way to just do it on something that runs on cheap commodity hardware. Yeah. Yeah, because you like I just gave the that probably I probably put that person down that path because I said I would just sell my family these little boxes. But um, that's that's not particularly what I mean. Like my my brother's pretty techie. My dad's pretty techie, etc. Um, they would probably just want to use some old computer hardware that they had laying around and connect some drives to it like it's. They wouldn't want to buy a new Synology NAS. Like, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah. Uh, people are saying, try explaining that to a judge. I don't have to explain that to a judge. You guys don't think this has ever come up? Like, come on, guys. You gotta you gotta use. It's your, come up many times. You gotta use your common sense here. All right. Cool. All right. <laughs> uh, why don't we uh, Why don't we talk through our sponsors and then I'll be showing you guys some pictures of my new digs. I'm pretty excited. That I have never seen. Let's but, do it. That Luke has never seen. The show is brought to you today by Build Redux. I need to scroll down to the whole thing here. Ah, there you go. Redux is a PC builder striving to bring PC gaming to the masses. They have no markup on the parts, just a $75 build fee. So you pick your budget, pick your games, see how they're going to perform, and let Redux build your PC for you. You can customize what's going inside based on the games you want to play, and Redux gives you a two-year warranty on parts and labor. So don't wait. Start your build today at buildredux.com slash Linus. The show is also brought to you by Honey. Honey is free to use and installs in just two clicks. It's a browser extension, and it searches for the best promo codes whenever you shop online at supported sites. They, well, they support tons of sites. Amazon, eBay, Newegg, Razor, Best Buy, Walmart, and more. And those of you who have downloaded Honey from our link have already saved over 100 grand in the last few months. All you got to do is click Apply Coupons when you're at the checkout page, wait for Honey to search for the best working coupons, and save money. That's it. So don't wait. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Linus. Finally, the show is brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Stop carrying around pointless items in your pocket. Just carry your Ridge Wallet. It doesn't fit too many cards, but that's exactly the point. You don't want to have a bunch of pointless cards. And everything is still easily accessible. You just press on the side and boom, all of your cards come out. It uses two metal plates that are bound by a strong elastic band to keep them held tightly together. And it's RFID blocking, so, well, the RFID is blocked. 
They offer a lifetime guarantee. It's available in aluminum, carbon fiber, and titanium, and they don't just sell wallets. They've got battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. So use offer code WAN to get 10% off on everything on ridge.com slash WAN. All right, so this is it. This is it, the new digs. Uh, here we go. Should we start with um, like the main floor, I guess? You know what my favorite part of this is going to be? Uh, the part where you've never seen it before? Also that I can't see them. <laughs> oh, well, that's a little awkward. Uh, all right. Well, there um, it is. I will bring up the stream, but it will be it will be very delayed. But yeah. All right. Yep. That that makes sense. So that's the stairwell. The uh, the style is a little a little um, <laughs> over the top for for us. Um, like it's yeah. super nice but in like a kind of old fashioned kind of way. Um, so that's pretty cool, but I will There's probably... a thing where like when, when, it's, when it's decorated and done up by the person that currently lives there, like pe people, anyone who's like shopped for apartments or anything, done anything like that, um, they'll know like it's your own flair on things is going to change the place a lot. Yeah, but that so. fireplace though... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a kick yeah. out of this picture frame. So you've got the picture, you got the frame around it, you got the light that shines down on the picture, and then you've got another oh, trim man. that goes around the picture. And I'm kind of sitting here going, I don't own a single piece of art. Um <laughs> but do I do? What do I put there? I have no idea. There's all this there's all this like wiring in these walls um, that just, I don't want a light there. What would I do with a light there? You uh, could put your, uh, your, your, it's not your wedding photo. Um, the one with you and Yvonne on the thing. Oh, the honeymoon photo. Yeah. 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 I could, I could put that there. Um, I know you. Yeah. I don't know, just... man. Uh, here's the out of the things that you have, that's the only thing I can think of. Yep. Here's a shot of the kitchen. Um, so we're probably going to refinish the floors. They're solid wood floors, which is super cool. Uh, would be extremely wasteful to take them out. So I think we don't like the color. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to sand them down and refinish them something a little bit uh, cooler, uh, a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit less, a little bit lighter, lighter, maybe a little bit cooler. Uh, we're pretty pretty overall happy. The kitchen looks pretty amazing. So many people are telling me to put a TV above the fireplace. Guys, are you doing that to trigger me? Is that why you're asking me to put a TV Basically above my fireplace? The worst. It's the worst. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. Oh, man. Brass Caribou over on Floatplane says, I'm liking that kitchen desk. Um, okay, so that's not called a kitchen <laughs> desk. Um, that space is designed for you to take phone calls and write down messages and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Kitchen desk. There's so so many oh, things man. about this place are so like 1995. Baller 90s. Yeah. 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 Super baller 90s. Because everyone had corded 90s. phones, right? Yeah. And and you would often someone would call your residence and yeah not be able to call a specific person. So it was very often they would get the wrong person. It would be very often that that person would not be available at that yep. time. So you would want that like desk so you could like take call Post -it notes. Post-it notes. <laughs> yeah. um, 
I think it was built in 92. So that should give you some idea of the era of things. Unfortunately, that means there's no network wiring whatsoever. But hey, at least they've got this fantastic built-in bookcase unit with this wonderful TV spot here that you can tell is totally the shape of modern TVs. So that's really convenient. (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it is CRT-tastic. And then over here, um, this spot right here is a built-in CD storage unit. By the way, uh, another very, very specific art location. I know, right? (laughs) I just don't know what to do with that stuff. It's just... Ah! It actually has more than two fireplaces. There is a... uh, There's at least one more. I can't remember how many more there are because I think we're putting in one more um let's see that's so that's it for the main floor if you guys are bored of this i can definitely stop showing you house pictures but uh if you are not bored of it i would be happy to show you a little bit more of it there's a good look at the downstairs here i'm just making sure we can't see outside yep there we go there's a good shot of the downstairs so there's a foosball table there this is funny apparently this closet is specifically a little bit taller than a normal closet so that you can tuck your folding ping pong table into it. That is apparently a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. That's actually amazing. Oh my goodness, dude. So that's pretty great. There is an unfinished basement. Oh man. Most of the basement is unfinished. We're going to turn this area where the ping pong table is here into a theater room. Uh, This area here is going to be like a a gaming area for me and my kids and my wife. I'm probably going to try to cram five PCs in here. I don't know if it'll fly. So there will be at least three for the kids. And then my wife and I might have our machines upstairs in the office. Over here is going to be... so cool to have a five-person LAN area, though. Like, I I, I hear you. I understand. But, but, oh. It's not as big as it looks. This is a wide at angle least shot. Four. At least four, though, because then you could do Left for Dead. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Man, but okay, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not as big as it looks at all. That place is also pretty, hmm, yeah. Someone could come right. over with, like, a laptop, and you could just do, like, a temporary table. Yep, for sure, for sure. And there will be a second, uh, or there will be at least one other gaming machine, or there will be at least two other gaming machines in the basement. So there will be one in the media room, obviously. And then there will be a VR space that's over where that foosball table was um, that will also have a TV on the wall and will obviously also be gaming capable if it's going to be where my VR setup is going to be. Right. So uh, there's going to be a lot of content coming over the next little bit here, guys, because... This place is is going to need a real tech makeover. I don't think I'm going to do all of the stuff myself this time, though. I spent, I mean, it took me 10 years to get my current house to the state where I'm really happy with the technology situation, with my server closet, with my Wi-Fi access points everywhere I need them to be. Everything's hardline, Cat6A. Like, this place is perfect. I've got all of my uh, base stations, my lighthouses for my VR in the living room. Uh, all wired up through the ceiling so none of the cables are running down the wall or anything like that but it took me it's not often i get home at the end of the day after work and i feel like crawling around in my crawl space you know what i mean 
Like I, I think yeah. I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to let a professional come in and do the cat six a this time instead of doing it myself. Um, yeah, I, so a bunch of people in floatplane chat were asking for moving vlogs. I, I can, I guess you can speak to this. I don't suspect there will be moving vlogs, but, but no. like what you just said, I'm sure there will be like tech upgrade. There, there will be content around the, the house anyways. So the uh, people are asking to see the mechanical room. So like the, the boiler and furnace and stuff. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't have a furnace. It has in-floor uh, radiant heat, which is sweet. And get this, I don't even have to hire someone to do the check of it because Jake got Fleer to send us that like $30,000 thermal camera. So I'm just doing it myself. <laughs> So you just turn oh the heat goodness. up across the whole house and then you just walk around with your thermal camera and make sure that there's no dead spots. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, anyway, here's the, me the mechanical room is crazy. It's huge. This room really is as big as it looks. And the reason for it is that they had intended to put in a pool and they never did it. And they had wanted all the pool equipment in this room and it never went in. So uh, it doesn't have a continuous water heater like we put in our current house, but it does have two hot water tanks. <laughs> so you should basically never run out, which I thought was pretty funny. That is a very um, 90s continuous heaters don't exist yet or they are too expensive solution to that. And there is absolutely no Ethernet in this place whatsoever. So I'm going to need that. Uh, Telus says fiber is available to the address, though. So that's good. So um, Someone in chat uh, said, where's Luke's room? And then someone responded, this looks like Luke's room. Nice. I dig <laughs> it. Here, this can, be, this can be Luke's room. JK, this is the master bedroom. Pretty simple. You know, a lot of the places we went and looked at had crazy master bedrooms. Like, there's this so weird. sitting area in it. Yeah. And like... I'm kind of sitting here going, who sits in their bedroom? Like, yeah. that is so weird. Or they would have like a balcony that opens out in front of the house. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, they'd have like a, and it would be staged by the realtor or whatever. And they would have a little, they'd have like a little table for sitting and having tea. Or and I'm sitting here going, who would do, that? Do that? in who would your be, room? Yeah, why would you do that in yeah. your room? Unless you have like literally a servant, but like that's, you know. Because it's always crazy. it's always places um, where you would see this stuff that are enormous, right? And have a gorgeous backyard and patio. So I'm sitting here going, why on earth would Don't I be sitting there. sitting on the front of the top of the front of my house when I could just be in my backyard where I have privacy? <laughs> Obviously. Yes, I would like to observe the cul-de-sac or wherever it is. Yeah, or whatever. So... I need to I need to observe every car that drives down my street perfectly. Um. I think that's pretty much it for the pictures that I can show without showing any of the exterior. And that's my goal, is to not show the exterior of this house at all. Um, something, that we, something that we did to make things a little bit um, more challenging is a thing I'm just actually not going to talk about just to make my life, my life easier. So I get to go pick up the keys in 20 minutes, which means we better get through some more tech topics. Otherwise, we're going to have had a one topic show. So yeah. thanks for thanks for looking at house pictures. Oh, people are asking all kinds of things here. Uh, it's so obvious you don't have servants, says Noobmaster96. Um, yes, I do not have servants. <laughs> yes, it has air conditioning. I actually like the air conditioning at my current place better, not just because I and I did it, 
Um, but because it's uh, it's room by room at our current place, because we did it with mini splits, whereas at the new place, it's just one big unit. So you're going to you're going to have rooms that are hotter and you're going to have rooms that are not as hot. And that just is kind of annoying. Um, someone says, looks like the roof needs to be redone. Uh, the roof does need to be redone. It's going to cost like a hundred grand or something like that. We're putting, we're putting in solar though and stuff. So oh, that's cool. There's a yeah. reason we're going like super sustainable, like forever. Are you roofing. getting power walls? Um, I don't think power walls here yet. Oh. There's their solar roofing stuff isn't here yet. So oh. I don't know. I haven't actually looked into that. Yeah. Tech topic? Tech topic? Or are we still doing house questions? Um yeah, let's do a tech topic for sure. Heck yeah. Former Microsoft employee stole ten million dollars <laughs> in uh, in Xbox <laughs> gift cards. Amazing. Woo. I'm gonna butcher this name, but I'm gonna try it. Vladimir Kvashuk was working at Microsoft's Redmond office testing e-commerce infrastructure. Uh, he's a 26-year-old. I don't know why this matters. Uh, he quickly discovered a flaw in the system uh, that he then exploited. He did not report it. He exploited it. He started small. Uh, he, he started off with 10 to $100 codes. Um, he didn't generate really all that many, but he was, he was scalping them. He was selling them. Two years later, only two years later, uh, he had generated over 152,000 gift codes at a valuation of $10.1 million. He flipped those cards uh, for Bitcoin and then wow. flipped that Bitcoin for cash and was very quickly living on a seven-figure lakefront home. Um, I don't know how you could possibly think you weren't going to get caught for that. Um, I mean, oh, man. But I suspect just like after a while of not getting caught, he just thinks he's invincible and then buys a seven-figure lakefront home. I guess um, so. <laughs> I mean, hubris, right? Nine years in prison. That is yeah, some classic I, hubris. Nine yeah. years in prison for gift card theft. I mean, it was... $10 million of $10 gift million card theft. He effectively stole $10 million. Yeah. That is crazy. Apparently, he was responsible. Um, I don't see where this is. Yeah, he he flipped so many cards, 152,000 cards that were just generated out of thin air, right? So he was responsible for global fluctuations in the price of Xbox gift cards on reseller markets because he flooded them so hard. Holy absolutely crazy that's nuts that is unfreaking real man oh what can you do about it though right uh yeah i mean the second it goes into bitcoin it's it's uh it's a little difficult to track i do wonder how exactly he was caught um i don't know if like one of his uh fellow employees comes and visits his home and is like hmm, how'd you get this but yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. All right. I am getting a call from the wife, so I think I'm going to have to go pretty go. soon. But why don't we try and get through a couple more topics here? Uh, Intel and Apple are going to be the first to get three nanometer from TSMC. Uh, they are both lined up as the first customers for the new process, which will be referred to as N3 and will be deployed in late 2022. It'll offer a 10 to 15% performance increase at the same power and transistor count, a 30% power reduction at the same clocks and complexity, as well as 70 and 20% gains in logic density and SRAM density, respectively. 
According to a Nikkei report, both companies are already testing their chip designs that are being produced using the N3 process, and it also states Intel is apparently preparing at least two products to be made with the process, one for notebooks and one for servers. It's possible these will only be more niche products as opposed to Intel's mainstream consumer products, but only time will tell. Apple will be using uh, N3 on an SoC in late 2022 or early 2023 in the iPad, and apparently that will be a new processor uh, versus the current M1, which kind of makes sense because M1 will have had, well, it'll be two years, at least two years old by that time. We know that Intel will be outsourcing some Atom and Xeon-based SoCs to TSMC, so it's a safe bet that uh, these are among those products. Fascinating. I have one more quick thing to announce on LTT Store. Do 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 do. We have a new product. Oh yeah, reflective heatsink shirt is here, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this fantastic modeling team we've got. That's right, it's reflective. Has a reflective LTT logo on the back. Look at this guy. Look at this girl. Look at this guy. Look at this other guy. Hey, and you can get them now for $19.99. Also, we have brought back mystery shirts. They're $12.99 and they're a mystery. A lot of them are going to be older and less popular ones or ones that are, we only had oddball sizes left and good stuff like that. So, hey, there you go. They're a mystery, but they're cheaper. And I think that's pretty much it for the show. I think I got to go, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll just do a couple of super chats here. Oh my goodness, there's quite a few, but at least I managed to click the tab so they didn't all go away. Um, Adrian Frick recommends a uh, game, The Messenger. Uh, I'm not looking for more games right now, though. I got a bunch of them. Got a bunch of them last week. Uh, thanks, Bob Costco. Anyone else notice uh, little Linus and Luke's beards disappear going from the intro to the sponsor? Uh, yes, that's because the sponsor things are older. Uh, Michael says thanks for all the content. Love watching the videos. Hey, awesome. Uh, Robert says, Windows 11 system requirements are a mess. Hard to keep up with the leaks and discussions, and their own tool is still not for users. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the good news is that it's not actually launched yet, so they've got time yeah. to get this stuff figured out. Yeah. Uh, Hunter says, the TPM 2.0 requirement is going to put a strain on schools. I can tell you for a fact my district can't afford slash doesn't want to pay for new positions. Um, yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. They do have quite a, quite a few years. Um, but yep. I do know that a lot of schools try to stay on the most modern operating system at the very least. So that, that will make that tough. Tomek says, live streams don't work in the Floatplane app I built for WebOS TVs. I'm going to fix it and test next week. Sweet. A, a WebOS app. That's pretty nice. cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm an LG TV uh, guy myself. So unfortunately, most of the time anyone's live streaming on Floatplane, it's me. So there's no point yeah. in me watching it on my WebOS TV, but that's fantastic. Um, With that, I think you probably have to go. Uh, yes. Let me just see if there's... I know, I know you're going to want to get sucked into that. I'm just trying to... Christian says, look into it. smart vents. They open and close based on room temperature. Yeah, I've heard some of them aren't very good, though, so I'll have to have a look at that. Um, and Lion says, if you reach out to Elon Musk, I bet you could get not only their solar roof, but also the power wall. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of doubt it. I don't. We're not exactly on a first-name basis. So I, I don't think he cares. Um, uh, Josh says, Hey, a couple of WAN shows ago, you read a super chat I sent. I didn't really expect you to read it, let alone genuinely take it seriously. It made my day. So thanks for that. Hey, you're welcome, Josh. All right. 
Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. Oops. Uh-oh. Whoops. I need the... the, the, the there we go.